0: Hi, everyone. You're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And today we are speaking virtually with Charles Bennett. He is the founder and CEO of Triella and also a family friend of mine who has, unfortunately for him, known me my entire life. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us, Charles.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: First, to give the audience a bit of context, what is Triella?
1: Triella is a MSP, a managed service provider that provides technology support and systems to professional service firms. So we do that for uh, firms that uh, have on-premise systems, as well as firms that would like to be uh, in the cloud and operate within the cloud. So basically we provide technical assistance to companies so that they're able to focus on their business and we focus on their technology. Yeah, that's really interesting. And what kind of made you decide that you wanted to to start this business um, so many years ago? (laughs) We've been in business for 17 years now. Actually, June is our, uh, our 17th anniversary. Yeah, oh, um, <laughs> Thanks. Um, I started the, uh, I was taking an MBA actually, um, at Rotman. And, uh, one of the courses we took was strategy, uh, which was to, you know, look for, um, something that is not currently being provided, um, well within a, um, a given system. So within legal, which I'd been in for a good 16 years, um, there was always this gap uh, in technology, mainly to get expertise um, for systems development. Uh, that is a firm would want to, you know, renew their technology and there was no consulting firm they could go to to, to uh, do that, if you will. Uh, so I wanted to create that um, and have that available. So instead of people going to the States for this consulting work, they'd come to us. Um, so that's how we started. But uh, what happened was that as a course of starting and doing this kind of work, um, you know, we got to a, a point with a, a client that's we finished all the consulting work, and they said, "Okay, you've done all the consulting work now. Who's going to put this in?" All right, we don't want to go to somewhere else and and, and teach them everything we just taught you. So then we developed uh, a, a service practice in implementing technologies uh, for people, and uh, so we did that. And then uh, when that was finished, I said, "Well, who's going to support it?" Like you know, we we, we need somebody to you know if we have questions things like that we need somebody to to help us there. So that's how we got into 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 doing um, sort of help desk support and ongoing support for our clients. So Triala started out to be a consulting company, but ended up being a managed services company just because of the the needs that were driven from our clients.
0: That's really good. interesting and. Can you talk a bit about um, the shift in COVID? How have businesses been using your platform and your services now versus how they were using it prior to COVID?
1: Well, the immediate shift uh, with COVID was to get everybody working remotely. Um, So different clients were in different states of readiness as it applies to uh, working remotely. Some um, who, for instance, were on our TriCloud environment, which is a a Citrix-based cloud environment, could simply just move home and continue working the way that they had before. Uh, Some uh, didn't have any remote access at all. So we had to put in VPNs uh, for them to be able to uh, and assist them with their, connecting their home computers to be able to uh, connect to their office environment in order to work uh, remotely there. Um, Some had partial uh, remote access using some kind of remote access technology. And we'd have to buy more licenses to be able to get everyone Uh, working uh, remotely in that way. Some used um, products like, uh, you know, TeamViewer or GoToMyPC or something like that um, to be able to establish remote access. It was different for every client. So we spent probably a good three weeks uh, getting that done for all clients. And then um, what's happening now is after people went through the crisis and things started to slow down, now a lot of clients were sort of looking at our TriCloud environment and saying, "Hey." let's get ourselves onto there so that we're ready for phase two.
0: So yeah, having been
1: in business for over 17 years, you've really seen kind of the security ecosystem really evolve. Can you talk about like how it's changed and where you see it going in the future? Back in, you know, 17 years ago, the biggest thing we had to defend against was the I love you virus, which meant, you know, having some sort of antivirus software to be able to remove that from the system. Um, Today, um, a more sophisticated attack can involve sending someone a, a link, maybe to a, a SharePoint or Microsoft Exchange, um, sorry, Microsoft 365 environment, whereby they click on the link and it downloads a VM and installs a VM on that person's machine, which can then be part of the network and uh, find some way to exploit the network and then encrypt servers and basically take the, um, the, the client offline. So the um, security things that we had back 17 years ago versus now are way different. In fact, if you go to our website under security, you'll see the bronze, silver, and gold levels of security uh, offerings that, that we have. The, these aren't security packages, but more um, fit. So if you have a business, you should have at a minimum all the bronze items. And then um, uh, you, know, if you if you uh, are more concerned with security, you would have some of the silver items, and if you're hyper vigilant on security, then you should probably have all the gold items, which includes things like annual pen testing, um, having a cybersecurity firm, um, you know, on uh, retainer in case you do have a cybersecurity incident. Um, you know, uh, public relations associated with cyber cybersecurity re- reporting to the Ontario government. Uh, all these things.
0: Yeah, that's great advice. And can you talk a bit about um, for your company, um, running it out of Toronto for 17 years and everything that you've seen change in the Toronto tech ecosystem in that time and startup ecosystem, um, how has your company been able to grow into such a big organization in that time? And what are the changes you see happening in the future for TriElla?
1: In terms of uh, the Toronto marketplace, um, we focus on professional service firms. So we're not dealing with typically startups and, uh, you know, other types of organizations. We're really focused around law firms, accounting firms, you know, design firms, those kinds of things. Um, These are people that typically bill bill their time. And so their time is is precious and therefore they need their systems working all the time. So what we focused on is building a really good service organization that, you know, the amount of time it takes to respond to, Someone's problem is, you know, uh, 15 minutes. Uh, The amount of time to resolve a problem uh, from start to finish on average across all our thousands of tickets is, you know, 6.7 hours. So um, we have a, you know, we have a dashboard um, in our office, which is now available on their computer because we're all working from home. So they can see the dashboard and they can see, you know, how many tickets are coming in. Uh, what's, our, what's our metrics in terms of servicing people? And we meet every day and we talk about these metrics and make sure that, you know, we're doing our best to, to service um, our high, um, high uh, need uh, clients as quickly as possible. And that's what's helped us to grow.
0: Very cool. And in terms of the professional services, your background, um, part of it was in law firms. So can you talk about kind of the gap you saw in that market um, that allowed you to build the consultancy into this uh, managed services platform?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, when I was back, I, I, I worked as a I started as a technician at Tories and worked all the way up to IT director through the merger with um, with uh, with, uh and Curley in the States. Um uh, all, all the way through that, and then left, uh, left somewhat after that. But during that whole process, um, you know, I was consulted by a lot of other law firms uh, for uh, technology advice. I was also part of the Tomoma, the, man- the Law Office Management Association. So I was a, a um, it's an org- organization of um, um, uh, managers from law firms all around the Toronto area. And uh, there would be a technology group, a finance group, uh, you know, a facilities group, et cetera. And I would run the technology group, for example, give presentations on new technologies and where things were going. Um, so um, we moved, through, because I was involved heavily in both, both being in legal and on the um, uh, Tuoma side, um, I was able to be a thought leader in the um, technology space uh for uh law firms so uh that's what helped to um generate a lot of the um the the work that we do there in terms of the future um where we're looking is to do more uh cloud-based uh work Uh, we see that you know uh this pandemic is uh, is a sort of a a curtain call you know that's a change in the way that uh people work we're going to see probably a, a lot less uh use of uh permanent offices. Uh, anybody who does have a permanent office is probably going to have less space and going to have some sharing of offices as well as people working from home and people working in the office. Uh, that, that's where we see uh, things going. So we want to have a platform that will allow people to work from anywhere, be it Toronto, um, Montreal, the US, on vacation in Jamaica, wherever it happens to be, if they need to work, that they're able to get to their systems uh, seamlessly.
0: Cool. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I- I've heard that the weakest point of security for any company is the people that work there. Um, h- h- what can companies do to kind of prepare their employees to not click the malicious email links in the first place? We actually added um, URL protection to uh, email messages that people um, receive. So what happens is for all of our clients. Um, and once we added this, when somebody clicks on a link, that link is actually rewritten and it goes to a company that checks the link to make sure it's not um, uh, dangerous. And then will allow the person to go to that link if it isn't dangerous. And if it is dangerous, it'll say so. It will still give them an opportunity to go to the link, but it, it stops them and says, hey, this link I think is dangerous. And uh, so therefore it might uh, cause a problem, right? So um, um so that was one of the things we did early in the game there. So what we're trying to do is, uh, is protect users from themselves. So um, we also do cybersecurity training. Um, we have a, a, an offering uh, for cybersecurity training, which allows uh, people to get random videos and, and also uh, emails that attempt to fool them into clicking on a link. Um, and then if they do click on the link, it tells them that, okay, this, this email was actually false. Uh, you shouldn't have clicked on it. It was a phishing email and here's, why, here's, here's what you should look for, and here's why you, you shouldn't do that. Now, that isn't something that's available to every client. They have to subscribe to it, um, but it is an offering that we have. Um, we've, also got, we've also got a tool um, for dark web monitoring. So you know, when you have breaches like um, LinkedIn, you know, has passwords and e- email accounts leak, leaked or any of the ones you hear about, um, we have a service that looks for when those things go on sale um, so if, for instance, trial.com became available on the dark web, then we would notify Charles that, hey, you need to change your password because there is a potential that um, that uh, your uh, password's been uh, leaked on the dark web, you know, because a lot of people, they have the same password for LinkedIn as Facebook as maybe their office computer. So if you get that password once, you might be able to, to infiltrate other systems. So we put, put all sorts of different things. Those are the three examples, but we've done lots of other stuff um, to, to help with that.
0: That's really great. That'll definitely be helpful. We think uh, cybersecurity is going to be kind of a, a challenge for a lot of companies as they switch to remote. And like, you can't just pop over to someone's desk and be like, hey, did you send me this email? Um, so to talk more about the company you've built, can you talk about hiring and um, how you've maintained a company culture and grown a company culture over the past 17 years?
1: Uh, that's a tough one. Um, usually when we have to hire somebody, we probably have to hire five people to get one person that actually works out. And I haven't found any magic formula as to, you know, if somebody does well in an interview or does this test or does that test that they're actually going to work out well. Um, so it's, uh, it's sort of trial and error. Um, but uh, during the, uh, we have really good documentation. So uh, people are able to on board quickly and we can find out from their performance whether they fit within the culture. And if anybody makes it uh, past a year with us, they're usually with us for five, seven, ten years. We have lots of long term, uh, long term employees um, because you try and create a culture that everybody works well with. And, you know, people get paid fairly and uh, they get challenged um, uh, for their work. I'm a little concerned right now because we're, you know, we're working from home. So, Um, our hiring practices and such are all designed around working in the office. Um, it's much harder to bring someone up to speed, uh, if they get hired now, because they have no, it's, it's like a very, um, um, it's a mentoring type approach, right? Whereby somebody comes in, in order to learn how things work, you need to get mentored by someone else who sits with you, takes you through the ropes, et cetera. That would be really difficult to do right now. So Charles, for, for my last question, then, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? The choice when I uh, left Tories was start a restaurant or, uh, or do some uh, technology work. And uh, um, I decided to do the technology work because uh, from what I heard from speaking to people at restaurants and, you know, as COVID ha- happens to, to hit here, it turns out to be the right decision because, uh, um, you know, restaurants were closed for quite some time and you have the expenses and all that associated with this, whereas technology is like uh, booming Um, at this time so um, even though I have a a passion for cooking and you know restaurants and recipes and stuff like that uh, making it a career would have probably caused me to hate it that's probably right (laughs) yeah
0: and the food you make is delicious so that would be sad if you hated it (laughs) (laughs) thank you All right, Charles. Well, thank you so, so much for joining us on the podcast. It was so much fun getting to interview you for it. Uh, it was great also to get to talk to you because um, we haven't seen you in so long. So I hope all is well and thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Stay safe and uh, thanks for uh, inviting me to uh, to attend.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city.
1: Until next time.